Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about enuresis. And if you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerotofinals.com slash enuresis or in the renal and urology section of the Zero to Finals pediatrics book. So let's get straight into it. The term enuresis is used to describe involuntary urination. Bedwetting is called nocturnal enuresis. The inability to control the bladder function during the day is called diurnal enuresis. Most children get control of daytime urination by age 2 years and nighttime urination by 3 to 4 years. Firstly, let's talk about primary nocturnal enuresis. Primary nocturnal enuresis is where the child has never managed to be consistently dry at night time. The most common cause of primary nocturnal enuresis is a variation on normal development, particularly if the child is younger than 5 years. Often patients will have a family history of delayed dry nights. In this situation, reassurance is important and there's no need to jump to further investigations or management. There are a number of causes of primary nocturnal enuresis and these include an overactive bladder. An overactive bladder can occur where frequent small volume urination prevents the development of a good bladder capacity. Another cause is fluid intake prior to bedtime, particularly fizzy drinks, juice and caffeine, which can have a diuretic effect. Failure to wake up can be another cause, particularly due to deep sleep and underdeveloped bladder signals. Psychological distress can contribute, for example, a low self-esteem, too much pressure or stress at home or school. And there can be secondary causes such as chronic constipation, urinary tract infection, learning disability and cerebral palsy. The initial step in managing primary nocturnal enuresis is to establish the underlying cause. It can be helpful to keep a two-week diary of toileting, fluid intake and bedwetting episodes. This helps establish any patterns and identifies areas that may be changed, such as fluid intake before bed. It's important to take a history and examine the child to exclude underlying physical or psychological causes. Management of primary nocturnal enuresis involves reassuring parents of children under 5 years that it's likely to resolve without any treatment, lifestyle changes such as reduced fluid intake in the evenings, passing urine before bed and ensuring easy access to a toilet, encouragement and positive reinforcement, avoiding blame or shame, and punishment of the child for their enuresis should very much be avoided as this can make the problem worse. Treating any underlying causes or exacerbating factors such as constipation, enuresis alarms and pharmacological treatment. And we'll talk more about enuresis alarms and pharmacological treatment later. Next we'll move on to secondary nocturnal enuresis. And secondary nocturnal enuresis is where a child begins wetting the bed when they've previously been dry for at least six months. And this is more indicative of an underlying illness than primary enuresis. The causes of secondary nocturnal enuresis include urinary tract infections, constipation, type 1 diabetes, new psychosocial problems, for example stress in the family or school life, and maltreatment. Always consider abuse and safeguarding, particularly with deliberate bedwetting, 
punishment for bedwetting despite parental education, or unexplained secondary nocturnal enuresis. Management of secondary nocturnal enuresis is based on treating the underlying cause. The most common and easily treatable secondary causes are urinary tract infections and constipation. Other problems may require referral to secondary care for further management. Let's talk briefly about diurnal enuresis. And diurnal enuresis is daytime incontinence. And this occurs when a patient has become dry at night but still has episodes of urinary incontinence during the day. This is more frequently in girls. And incontinence comes in two main types. Urge incontinence is an overactive bladder that gives little warning before emptying. And stress incontinence describes leakage of urine during physical exertion, coughing or laughing. Other causes of diurnal enuresis include recurrent urinary tract infections, psychosocial problems and constipation. Enuresis alarms. An enuresis alarm is a device that makes a noise at the first sign of bedwetting, which wakes the child up and stops them from urinating. Enuresis alarms require quite a high level of training and commitment and it needs to be used consistently for a prolonged period for at least three months. Some families might find them very helpful, whereas others may find that they add to the burden and the frustration and are counterproductive. Pharmacological treatment. Medication for nocturnal enuresis is usually initiated by a specialist. Desmopressin is an analogue of vasopressin, which is also known as antidiuretic hormone, and it reduces the volume of urine produced by the kidneys. It's taken at bedtime with the intention of reducing nocturnal enuresis. Oxybutynin is an anticholinergic medication that reduces the contractility of the bladder and it can be helpful where there is an overactive bladder that causes urge incontinence. And imipramine is a tricyclic antidepressant and it's not clear how it works but it may relax the bladder and lighten sleep and improve nocturnal enuresis. So thanks for listening to this episode on enuresis. A big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. If you found the podcast helpful and you want written notes on this topic and all the other topics, head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the Zero to Finals Pediatrics book. You can also find full audiobook versions of the Zero to Finals books on Audible. And you can find notes, videos, illustrations and questions completely free on the Zero to Finals website at zerotofinals.com. And I hope you tune in to the next episode, which will be on polycystic kidney disease.